This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today as we take a look at the latest China share class allocations data. My name is Cameron Brandt, EPFR's Research Director. I'm joined today by my colleague Stephen Shen, Senior Quantitative Strategist with our Quant Research Team. The data we'll be talking about today, China, China share class allocations, uh, was formally launched in April to provide clients with a window into the nine major Chinese share classes that many investors and fund managers mix and match when building their exposure to China. Although the domestically listed yuan traded A shares have dominated the narrative about Chinese equity over the past two years or so, the portfolios of EPFR tracked funds include B, H, and N shares, red P, T, and S chips, and American depository receipts. Uh, better known as ADRs. Before diving into the latest numbers, I think it would help us if Stephen could provide us a brief overview of the China share class allocations data set, composition, coverage, and other key elements. Stephen? Uh, thanks, Cam. Um, at EPFR, um, the database tracks over 124,000 funds with over uh, $34 trillion, um, in AUM. Um, some of those funds actually provide holdings level data. And the Chinese share class level database utilizes the holdings data from a subset of them, roughly uh, more than 800, 000, uh, 800 funds uh, with 2 trillion assets. We analyzed that holdings data to identify each fund's exposure to different um, Chinese share classes. Um, that fund level data is then aggregated, manipulated, and the numbers actually can present a percentage of the total investable assets are allocated between um, among these share classes. One of the things that strikes me when I look at the data, Stephen, is that the much talked about A and B shares do not actually make up the biggest share of most foreign fund portfolios. And the latest numbers seem to suggest that foreign managers are reinforcing that bias that they have in, in favor of Chinese share classes that are listed outside mainland China. Um, the latest numbers, uh, which covered the month of March, uh, when the COVID-19 went from a Chinese epidemic to a global pandemic, um, shows actually there's increase of most of the share classes uh, in China share class, uh, among which Hong Kong listed share classes enjoyed the most or the sharpest increase, um, which is the H share red chip and the P chips. Interesting. Uh, what happened with the allocations to the uh, domestically listed A and B shares? Oh, if we move um, the time back to November 2019, uh, when the first case of COVID-19 actually um, surfaced in Wuhan, China, um, the fund managers started to decrease their exposure to Hong Kong listed stocks. Uh, meanwhile, um, even though the widely followed benchmarks are increasing their allocation to domestic China Asia's fund managers, um, especially those, uh, those with active mandates, uh, opted to wait for the situation to become clearer. 
Um, and then we, when we move to January, uh, even though the virus has not yet spread into a Hong Kong SAR, um, allocation to Hong Kong listed companies actually falls into a six-month low. Um, active managers, however, um, took the breaks of their allocations to domestically listed share classes in January in order to capture the post-pandemic recovery they anticipated. Um, you know, up until recently, the the narrative for A shares has been all about their in higher inclusion factors in several widely tracked in indexes that many funds track or passively follow. Um, what do you think the the impact of that trend is on the latest allocations data you're seeing? Well, because the, the Asia inclusion factor has become a systematic factor per se, and historically, it's really difficult to strip out um, the systematic part to reveal the true market sentiment. Um, however, we can um, somehow compare the, the difference between active managers positioning to the passive funds um, to show the sentiment. Um, so for the passive managers, um, the allocation to A-shares uh, stalled during September 2019 to November 2019, and then they take off ever since. Um, for active managers, um, they hesitate much longer before the pandemic improves in China. Uh, actually, March is the first month after September 2019 that sees a sharp increase in A-shares. So uh, you've raised the uh, difference between active and passive managers and their allocations. Um, there's obviously sort of a sentiment uh, signal, which you've just described there. Uh, but you've also done some work recently suggesting the spread between the two can unlock excess value. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, we take um, the active investor spread or um now, FYI, um, the difference between active and passive allocations to Hong Kong listed stocks, um, and then look at the month over month change. And it turns out the month over month change is a reversal factor. So practically, when active managers are underweight or overweight more than last month, um, the share class tends to outperform um, in the following month. Thank you. Uh, and for those who'd like more details about that, Stephen's works outlined in a recent blog post on Informa Financial Intelligence's Quants Corner section. Um, looking ahead, uh, the next uh, cut of data will capture April, which includes uh, China emerging from the lockdown uh, just as it ramps up in the rest of the world, uh, and also the first flickers of renewed uh, Sino-US tension, which there is a growing concern may re kindle the trade war that was such a factor uh, in the investment climate last year. Uh, we'll be looking at the data for signals about that, as well as mining it for more quantitative uh, signals and models, uh, and look for another podcast from us before the end of the quarter. Thanks. And thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Ken.